evening. This is The Naked Pastor, the show that's all about you, your questions about faith, religion, God, and the Bible. Tonight, we are talking about if God is so good, why is there so much hurt in the world? My co-host, Robbie, I'm waiting for him to log in. He's all the way from Pretoria. Um, good evening, Eric. Nice seeing you. Listen to this. I just want to give you some stats worldwide about what's going on in the world as we speak. Okay. So, one in five women in the U.S., almost one in five, it's 18.3% of women in the U.S. have either been molested or they have been raped. Okay, in South Africa, which is the rape capital of the world, there is three in five, three in five women have been raped or molested in their lives. In the U.S., one in 71, 71 men, 1.4% of men have been raped in the U.S. The murder rate, the homicide rate in the world is four, oh, sorry, not in the world, in America, 400 homicides are committed every day in the U.S. In South Africa, 58 people get killed on a daily basis. If God is good, why is the world so evil? Why is there so much pain? Why is there so much hurt? Robbie, how are you doing? Welcome, my friend. I'm blessed. I'm doing well. How are you? Very good. Thanks for asking. I just ran past a bit of stats, and we're asking the question tonight is, if God is so good, why is there so much hurt in the world? What do you say, Robbie? How come do we experience such tremendous pain and hurt and ugliness in the world today? You know, I think that's a very relevant question, and I think it's a question that we all get to face uh, at times in our lives. And if I look at my own life, uh, you know, uh, you grow up and bad things happen to you. And I remember when I was 13, my father committed suicide. And right, right there that day, uh, you know, my world my world fell apart. I mean, obviously, he was my hero and stuff like that. And after that, with him being out of my life, a lot of other bad things started happening. You know, we lost yeah. our house. We lost cars. Uh, people came into my life who uh, did my mother and myself a lot of harm. Um, we ended up with very little, you know. And um, I, I often, I often, being a being raised Christian as a young boy, uh, my grandparents used to tell me about Jesus and how much he loved me and stuff like that. The question in my head when my father shot himself was, if God loves me, how could he allow this to happen? Why yeah. didn't he, you always hear about guns not going off or, you know, my dad, my, my dad shot himself through his heart. So how come the bullet didn't miss his heart? Yeah. Uh, you know, why did it, why did it have to happen? Why didn't God prevent it from happening? So yeah. my conclusion was, all right, that must mean that he doesn't really care about me. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it, I, 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 I'm not on his list of important things. I, I, I don't value, I'm, you know, I'm not, he doesn't value me. He doesn't care about me. And that yeah. is one of the, the, the popular things that I hear people say. People say things like, uh, God has rejected me. God has forgotten me. Uh, okay. God doesn't care about me. And, um, you know, it took me 16 years. It took me 16 years of uh, not having communication with God, not speaking to God, not caring, uh, living in this um, destructive world of of self-pity and anger and uh, um, actually being on on this mission to kind of self-destruct. Yeah. Reach a place in my life at the age of 32 where I I listened to someone and – uh, he just spoke to me about the love of God. And you know what? Things just started. I just started puzzling things back together. And I realized that a lot of the things that happen in this world that are bad, that are mm-hmm. really bad, um, are not because God has, has planned it, God wants it to happen to us or anything like that. It's simply that God has given us the freedom to choose what we want to do. And right. most people, most people, are so, are so focused on uh, negatives that their whole philosophy, their whole life outlook, is one that is negative, selfish, greedy, and that is where a lot of the hurt and the crime and the stuff we see come from, from people wanting uh, just living for themselves, living a selfish life. Uh, wanting uh, things, material things, material gain. You know, the scripture in the Bible says that uh, the love of money is the root of all evil, which means that most of the things that you can think about that are going on right now is, is motivated by money or by material gain, by the, the, the lust for power, for, for wealth, for fame, and um, it's because man in his nature is so preoccupied with himself. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we just get to a place where we realize everything cannot just go about me, it cannot just be about me, then, uh, uh, you know, something happens. Uh, our philosophy changes. Our life outlook changes. And uh, we find value. We find value in life. I'm not even talking yet about personal relationship with God. I'm just talking about changing the way we think and the way we look at life, the way we look at people around us. I'm, I'm, I'm only talking about that now. All right. Okay, Robbie, but what about the guy that says, you know what, not everybody's heart can be that bad. Not everybody is so selfish. Not everybody is so evil. And, you know, all these things. Why just cut to the bone here? Because this is what we're talking about. How come do this evil and this bad exist in the world? Can it be because everybody's heart is so bad? Because there's so many people that are, you know, selfish and money-hungry and, you know, certainly as a human race, we aren't all that bad. Yeah, well, look, if, uh, if you look at the beginning of creation, according to the Bible, that God made mankind, and mm. he said that, uh, uh, you know, he said his creation was good. 
he was yeah. satisfied. He says it's yeah. he said it's good, but uh, you know, obviously, uh, we know that uh, in man's nature, uh, there there has always been a a um, a, a a longing for uh, some form of, of of power and being important, and um, unfortunately, that often. Uh, gives us the wrong frame of mind. You know, Isaiah 55, for instance, says, the, uh, God says through the prophet, he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Yeah. And my ways are not your ways. And he says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, my ways are higher than yours and my thoughts are higher than yours. So yeah. somewhere we have to start changing our way of thinking. You know, there's a carnal man. A carnal man is a man that is focused on material stuff. Yeah. And materialism. And unfortunately, what happens is uh, uh, um, we become so focused on that that we miss out on the bigger picture. And sure, not everybody is like that. There are a lot of good people. There are a lot of people that are uh, different religions, not Christians. Some are atheists. Yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. you know what? They Morally, they are more sound than many Christians. Uh, they they, are, uh, they have better business integrity. They oh. are, are better educated. They 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 are they've got better character, and um, you know they have they have better habits. But the reality is that um, the majority of this world right now, uh, yep. the, their focus is on negative things. And unfortunately, you can see it in the news, you can see it in the movies in Hollywood. The, the people's minds are not aligned with God's mind because God's mind is, uh, is on positive emotions, joy, yeah. peace, uh, harmony, stuff like that. And uh, people, people are focused on negatives. They're focused on uh, the bad stuff, unfortunately. Okay, so how come, just the thing, when bad things happen, people point their fingers to God. Why did God does allow this? Well, how come is that in our mindset? How can we go to that place where it's like, you know what, um, my father commits suicide. I've got a friend. His dad, when he was five years old, his dad actually put the gun away. And as he put the gun away, the gun fell and shot him in front of him. He shot, you know, he, it blew his brains out. How come do we blame God? You know, that is, that is one of the things that I often talk about. I mean, that's what I did. Let's be honest, that's what I did. And um, if, you, if you think about it, um, you know, people, people will, firstly, will firstly blame God. And the thing is that obviously there are things like accidents, all right? Uh, hmm. For instance, what happened there with your, your with your friend's father? That was a freak accident. Yeah. But um, then there are cases where, say, for instance, I'm going to use an example that is very graphic. Uh, I, I knew this uh, girl, and I know she won't mind that I'm sharing this. And uh, you know, she was raped, and it was very traumatic for her. Yeah. And she said to me, uh, "You know what? I know God." allowed this to happen to me so that I can work with broken women in the future. And I said to her, I, I have to tell you that I cannot agree with what you just said. 
Mm. I said to you, you need to understand that God's nature is good. And he says yes. in Jeremiah yes. 29, 11, he says, the plans I have for you are plans yes. of hope and a future, plans mm. of good and not evil. God doesn't think about these bad things. When God cre uh, created you, because you know what? Uh, it was his plan that you were created at a time such as this. When yeah. God created you, his plan was not... Uh, in, in your storyline, he didn't put things like rape and abuse and stuff like that. Unfortunately, no. there, there was a man who was not, uh, uh, was living uh, for, for his own pleasures, his own desires. You were at the wrong place. That man uh, yeah. had a choice yes. and he chose to do that to you. And if yeah. God had to intervene in every person's life, yeah. when bad things were about to happen, then he would be a controlling God. Then yeah, and, he would, have to, then he would he, have to take away our will. Yes, he, he loses his sovereignty because he says, I have given you free will to do this. Robbie, you and I, we've, we, um, hello, Apostle King Eric. Um, guys, thanks for tuning in. Robbie and I, myself, we have done a couple of things together for the Lord, like tour, tour to... Um, South America, and we went to preach there, and back in Pretoria one day, that's the capital of um, South Africa, we um, went, we got a call from a lady saying her daughter is caught up with, in a drug house. So, Robbie and myself, we went there, and yes, this young lady, she's, if I can remember correctly, Robbie, 20 years old, and, or 21 and she has just gone off the rail. A good kid. Nothing wrong with her. She's gone off the rail. She's staying in this house. There are two or three guys staying there. And they are supplying her with drugs. Now, she doesn't see what's the end of the story. We can see what the end of the story because the, basically what they want to get her is they want to make her a prostitute. They want to get her so hooked on drugs and out of money that, they, that she can't pay anymore and then she has to start paying with her body so robbie and myself went in there we you know we, robbie, I, I can still remember that place um it's filthy no human with half a bit of self-worth would live in that or stay in that there's no power the place is dirty the house is dilapidated it's a big mansion it's dilapidated broken down broken windows and you can see the, through the roof yes and you, know, you can see the decay. <laughs> you remember that, Robbie. And, um, and, and when I say that, I, the only thing that comes to mind is the devil comes to, or the enemy, it doesn't say the devil, it says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's a characteristic of the devil. And um, we in there, and Robbie, you were like the bad cop, and I went in as like the good cop. We just played it out. I went very softly, and I spoke to him, and I sat on the floor, and Robbie kind of, you know, he was giving, drilling down, you know, do you know what's going to happen to you? Do you know what, you know, all of this. I went over, and I spoke to the one guy, and I said, man, why don't you just tell this lady to leave? Tell her you don't want to stay here. Here's her mom. Her mom came along, and, um, you know, they really care. And he's like, I can't tell. But this like is so selfish. All he wanted is that girl hooked so that he can have her as a sex slave. That's all. Why doesn't God intervene? Well, I think God sometimes does intervene. I think most of the time he actually speaks to us. He actually warns us. And we are just so stiff-necked and hard-headed that we go along with that. 
and um, Robbie, so you recall that. What what was your take on that whole thing? Yeah, that was that, that was uh, hectic. I mean, you know, that was the love of God reaching out to that girl. I mean, we were putting our lives at risk. Yeah, those guys were those guys were drug pushers. They 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 could have been firearms on the premises. And yeah. I mean, we we literally I picked this girl up. Uh, Wilco spoke to her, and I came from behind. I grabbed her. We stuffed her into a car. We drove her off there, uh, off the premises. And um, you know, they'd already sold her laptop. They'd already sold her a tablet. Uh, they were going to sell the car. I'm telling you now, they're going to sell. They were yeah, going to sell the car. And um, you know, uh, uh, this girl. Obviously, this girl was struggling with a rejection and hurts from the yeah. past and. What, what we do as human beings is um, instead of going to God, you know, the, there was a scripture in Psalms that says God is near to the brokenhearted. Yes, he wants yes. to be close to us in times of trauma, calamity, sadness, uh, and despair. He created us to have emotion. But one of the mm. biggest problems in society today is that we are, uh, we don't know how to deal with emotion anymore we always yeah. want to want, want to do something either as in empty sexual relationships uh, or drugs or booze or something some destructive life pattern we yeah. want to uh, uh, control those emotions and uh, I think that is one of the most fatal things that we can do. If you read about Jesus, you'll read that there, there was a time that he wept when he stood outside his friend's grave. There yep. was a time that he was angry and he, he you know, he, he beat, beat people with a whip. And uh, there was, uh, there was, yeah. And there was a time that he was very happy and he laughed and he said, "Father, I'm so glad that you uh, that you've kept things hidden from uh, the wise and that you've revealed it to the babies." Um, so, you know, and the Bible says that God sings over us; He rejoices over us. So God is a God of emotion. The thing yep. is that we have to make sure that when we experience a bad emotion, negative emotion, because of trauma, because of hurts, that yep. we don't allow it to change our philosophy, that we don't allow it to give us a wrong belief system, that we don't allow it to change the way we look at people, we look at ourselves, and we look at God. Yeah, yeah I think it's that's very what happens. Yeah, I think it's very important that... Um, the perception that God is bad or God is an angry God or he's a bad father, that perception, I don't know where it comes from. I think it's, but that perception needs to be nailed to the cross. I think that needs to be dead and buried and put away because the scriptures clear. Jesus speaks and he says, only one is good. And that's the father. God is only good. So if we say that hurt and pain don't come from God, Difficult to say, you know, is it in his allowable will? We think about Job's story. Uh, what do we make of the following statement? Are there benefits to suffering? What do you say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, if you read, 
if you read in uh, books like uh, Peter, one Peter, uh, yep. you read that uh, these guys, you know, these apostles, these guys, they they understood something about what Christ went through on the cross. And that allowed them to also lay down their lives and really suffer. And yep. uh, that doesn't mean that God's will for all of us is to suffer. No. But it means that when you go through hardships in life, you can do so with with uh, um, with the triumphant spirit. You can yes. do so with integrity. You can do so with honor. Uh, there's a wonderful scripture in Romans 5 that says, uh, let, let me see if I can read it for you guys. Uh, he says that um, uh, from verse 3, Romans 5 from verse 3, it says, And not only that, but we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and mm -hmm. perseverance character, and character hope. And yep. the, what's, what is so wonderful about this for me is, you know, I, uh, I used to do a bit of boxing. And yep. I mean, the, the training and the stuff you go through to prepare for a fight is already intense and it's hard and you don't you don't always like it and you hate the coach and you ang you get angry at him but when you get in that ring th there are times when it feels like you're going through hell it's only three minutes but there's this guy coming at you and he wants to he wants to literally knock you out. He wants yeah. to knock your head off. I mean, I was fighting in the heavyweight division, so you were getting, you know, if you if you get uh, if you get hit, you get really hit, and yeah. you then maybe you're just one minute into a round and you need to survive for three minutes, and if you didn't go through rigorous training, you won't yeah. have the endurance. You won't have the endurance. You won't have the perseverance. You won't have the character. Yeah. come out of that fight victorious. And just today I, mean, I shared a video about uh, Rocky Balboa where he said, nothing hits as hard as life. Yeah. And it's not just about how hard you can hit. It's not just about how good you are. It's about can you uh, uh, get hit and keep going. And the only way yeah. we can do that is yeah. if we if we, uh, if we we have our, our focus at the, on the right place. We need to have a relationship with God. Otherwise, life will kick you, beat you down, and uh, yeah. uh, if you, you know, many times you're going to stay down. I think, you know, if we look at that lady, and I love what you're saying, if we look at that lady that you spoke about now and said, well, God allowed her to be raped so that she can use people. I don't think that's completely correct, but I also think there's a bit of truth in that because God won't let any pain go to waste. Do you agree with that statement? You know, Absolutely, if you, you know, he will use Absolutely. that pain. It's not necessarily his perfect will or his allowable will, but it happened. We've got selfish people, self-centered people, and God doesn't interfere, and that actually makes me trust him more. And I'll explain that now. But he will take that pain. He will take that rejection. He will take that rape. He will take that abandonment. He will take that loss of a father. And he said, let me take this mourning into dancing, this beauty into ashes. Let, I will use, I will not waste your pain. What the enemy has uh, uh, planned for evil, God turns around. You, you agree with me on that? Absolutely. You know, I think that is exactly what he does. If we would only allow him, if we would only draw near to him, but our automatic reaction is we turn away from him. We turn even further away from him because we blame him. 
And we, we have to understand that, uh, that uh, God is the author of all things good. But yeah. there is an enemy. There is uh, another kingdom, another realm. Uh, and many people will, will say to you they believe in the devil, but they don't believe in God. Can you believe that? Yeah, so that's they, 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 know, they know there's a devil. Yeah, they know there's a devil. Yeah. But they don't blame him when bad things happen. Yeah, yeah. They, just, they blame God. <laughs> you know, and in, I, you know what? If I could just, if I could just go back to that thirteen-year-old boy, yeah, what would you tell sitting him? there, I would say to him, you know what? Jesus loves you, and go run to him. He wants to comfort you. He wants to embrace you. You're going to go through another few years of bad stuff. People are going to hurt you. People are going to reject you. People are going to uh, yeah. f physically, uh, you know, um, uh, hurt you. But God loves you. And he, there's, place, there's a hiding place for you with him. And, uh, you know, if I could do that, I would. Because no. at that stage in my life, I thought nobody cares about me. No one loves me. My, yeah. It's hopeless. You know, I'm just going to. I'm just going to derail. I started using drugs at the age of 14 yeah. to deal with the negative emotions, to get rid of it. Yeah. And if yeah. only I knew that there was this perfect, beautiful peace that I could find in a relationship with God. Yeah. Philippians 4 verse 7 says that mm. it's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. That's it true. will protect your emotions. It will protect your heart. It will protect your outlook. It will keep your outlook pure. It will keep you grounded. It will keep you safe. Uh, it will protect you from depression. It will protect yep. you from suicidal thoughts. Amen. It will protect you from destructive uh, um, uh, attitudes. Yeah. You see, uh, just today, just today, I want to share this with you guys. Um, Apostle Eric, listen to this. I had a guy in my office, 20, 21 year, year old boy. He comes into my, off, my, my office and we just start chatting. And I said, Why are you here? He says, And he starts complaining about life and how no one respects him and everybody abuses him and now, you know, in, verbally and just walk over his boundaries. And whenever he puts his foot down, he becomes the villain. And he says, How come? Why? 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 And I sat down and explained to him that I first asked him, Are you saved? Are you going to heaven? Yeah, I'm going to heaven. And it's like, uh, he's not really convincing me. I mean, he's not convincing me. So, I mean, he's obviously not convinced in his heart. And I kept on prodding him. I kept on pushing him. I got him to a corner and he said, man, I am not saved. I said, you see, now there's some truth. Because when you're not saved, you have lost your authority. God has given you a dominion when we are saved. That's Genesis 1, 20, 26, 7, 8, and 9. He gives man dominion. And listen to, so he starts telling me, he starts spilling the beans. You know, he uses drugs and he smokes marijuana and, 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 and I said, okay, great, fantastic. And I got him to, and I explained to him that there's a price to pay to follow Jesus. And I started explaining the price to him and I said, are you willing to pay the pay, the price? Are you willing? Because I don't want to make salvation cheap. Okay. So then eventually he agrees and he I love what John 1.12 says, if you receive Jesus, that's about the only thing that we can brag on is I opened the door. 
You know, you're not saved by what you give. You're saved by what you receive. You receive grace. You receive salvation. You receive the new birth and the inside of you. It's not you, oh, I gave my heart to God. That's almost arrogant in my book. But be that as it may, this guy gave his heart to the Lord. We prayed together. He and I mean, and afterwards I said, what are you experiencing now? Robin, guess what? Just what you said. Peace. Lightness. A burden lifted off him. All the, suddenly he wasn't worried about everybody, you know, gunning for him and trying to get in his money. He wasn't worried about it. He's like, I cannot explain what I'm feeling. I said, you, that, that's called peace. The peace of God. That's what you are. You're now above this thing. You, you, you've been saved. God has changed the inside of you. I mean, that's so beautiful to me. Yeah, it's, it's supernatural. You know, Wilco, um, today I spoke on a radio station and I said to them, when you look at a scripture that describes the kingdom of God, in hmm. Romans 14, 17, it says the kingdom of God. That means God's domain, God's ruling power, God's uh, government. Uh, hmm. His government in your life, His government in your soul, in your mind, in your emotions is, and then it says, uh, peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Yep. So right. those three things mentioned, two of them are emotions. Peace yep. and joy are emotions. That is. He says he wants, he wants to rule over your emotions. He wants his peace to rule over your circumstances. He wants you to have joy, even in times when other people are, 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 are uh, uh, brought down and they are despairing. You have a, a contagious joy that you can share with the world. And that is what we need more of. If we want to see this world change, we, 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 it needs to start with ourselves. Yeah. It needs to start with ourselves. It needs to start with our perspective that needs to change. In like Psalm 27, David says, my heart would have failed me. In other words, I would have given up if I didn't believe that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So if this world, could, if people in this world could just get it, if they could just understand that it's easy to focus on the negatives, it's easy to focus on the bad news, it's easy to just, uh, you know, live in your past, go and camp out there in your past and yeah. stay there and use all these other methods and substances to kind of cope with these emotions, but there's a better way. So, Robbie, quickly, um, 30 seconds if God is so good, you walk into, you bump into somebody in the street and they are a victim of abuse, a victim of rape, a victim of an alcoholic father, um, an abandoned mother, a prostitute, whatever. They, they just had a horrible, horrible, horrible life. And they say to you, um, if God is so good, why is my life so full of pain? You've got 30 seconds. Give him an answer. I would tell them that uh, the goodness of God is not based on what happens to you. It's His nature. The problem is that people don't want to obey God. They don't want to listen to God. They don't want the relationship with Him. And that is why they do bad things to people. Bad things happen to good people. It's a sad truth, but it's not God's will or God's plan. 
Fantastic. Here it is, your naked truth for the evening. Whether you like it or not, Scripture says that God is good and in Him there is no darkness. Okay, whether you like it or not, Revelations 21 4 says that He, that is God, will one day wipe away every tear from your eye. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, and no more pain. For the old order of things have passed away. Whether you like it or not, your heart is deceitful above all things. And we, therefore we blame God. Yet it is God in His goodness, in His goodness, that has made a place in eternity for you, if you want it, whether you like it or not. That there, ladies and gentlemen, is the naked truth. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in. God bless. Good night.